Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we open up a new bottle of wine. Yes, we do. And this week we are talking actually a very heavily requested topic. Yeah. Which is navigating adult friendships. Easier said than done. Oh, yes. Easier said than done for sure. I, I don't, that didn't compute <laughs> in my head. I was like, is it easier said? <laughs> yes, it is easier said than done. Um, we're going to be going over the types of friendships that you have in adulthood, boundary setting with friends, mm. and when it's time to break up with a friend and how to go about it and how to move on from the hurt of ending maybe a long friendship. It's an episode that I think we all have to face at some point. It, it is. And you know, I guess I didn't realize until I became an adult that like it's a very common thing to kind of let go of friendships that were from your childhood or ones from college or whatever. Like, I think we're in this pattern of you grow up with the same kids your whole life and you're yeah. just like friends all the time. You kind of lose sight of the fact like, oh, you don't have to keep the same friends your whole life, yeah. especially yeah. if they're not working. But before so we anyways. get into it, Natalie, what are we drinking? Because this is going to be a little... A little... What, what is it? Deep? Deep. 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 Not deep. It, yeah. It's not dark or anything. It's just like... There's a sadness, I think, when you realize that some of your friendships are like not healthy, not fully super healthy. healthy. Yeah. So, but we're going to get into all of it while we drink this Saintsbury Chardonnay. Ooh, Saintsbury. Saintsbury. Sounds very fancy. Um, it's from Carneros, which is like right in between Napa and Sonoma. I feel like I've heard you say Carneros a lot in our friendship. I, I think we've had we've had several wines on this show from Carneros, I think. Oh. So I'm gonna do an ASMR pour. Okay. For for our people listening. Ooh. Ah. I'd love to be on a beach right now somewhere. <sighs> Don't even get me started on how badly I would like to be literally anywhere. Yeah. I just want to get on a plane. Me too. I just want to get on a plane. Get away. Get away. Get out of here. <laughs> but okay. anyways. Cheers, cheers to boundary setting. To boundary setting. To friend. Oh, we could actually we can reach actually each other. That. We've, we've moved locations, guys. Yeah. We're in a new location and we're, we're no longer um, like basically on opposite sides of the room. Yeah, we can actually reach each other now. Ooh, yeah. Okay, okay I'm going to take a sip. You know I don't love Chardonnay, so I don't know how this is going to go. Interesting. Huh. Mm. Mm. What? Mm. Interesting. <laughs> We're going to circle back on that. At the end of the episode. But first, I just need, I okay. need yeah, to we, get, well, I need to get two things out of the way. Okay, just do it. Let's do it. Number one, we had a birthday yesterday. Oh, we did have a birthday yesterday. <laughs> yes. Somebody's finally 27. I've joined the 27 club, but not that way. But not that one. <laughs> but not that one. But yeah, all of our friends are 27 now. We're all and 27. I'm, the, I'm the only one that wasn't there. Now I'm here. Now you're here. I don't know what it is about 27, but you do all of a sudden. It's like the day after. You're like, ow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Ow, right? I've already started feeling it, like getting up off the couch. I have to be really motivated because it's a also, lot of work. There's a lot of things that go involved involved with me getting up off the couch. I know. Otherwise, it's like your knees. It's just like a whole thing. And then also, I've noticed it was like the minute I turned 27. If I don't hydrate an obscene amount, 
game over. That's been happening to me the last week. I've been like getting, I don't ever get, I don't get headaches at all, but the, I'll get a front headache and I'm like, I don't think I've drinking enough water today. And I drink a lot of water. Yeah. You have to just start. It's, it's almost a gross amount of water <laughs> just to like function normally. So anyways, welcome to the club. And if you haven't already listeners, go tell her happy birthday oh, thank or you. Shoot, us, shoot us an email. Somebody sent us a really nice email on my birthday. Aww. Remember that? It was like a girl. She sent us a really nice one. I think I remember. So send Corinne one. But the other thing that I have to discuss. Oh yeah. She's very passionate about this. Have we all seen the Free Britney documentary? I have not. Corinne has not. Which I have not. She needs to a sap. I need to ASAP because I Rocky. have opinions about the Britney Spears situation. Yes. Obviously, I don't know her at all, but I just like years of following the media. Yes. I feel like I have a I have an opinion on it, but I I really can't have a formed one without seeing the doc. Exactly. Yeah. So I had an opinion on it, and I'm very camp free Britney because first of all, I do love. Miss Britney Jean Spears. Always have, always will. Yeah, my first concert. Love her. Yes. Seen her however many times. Love her so much. But I wasn't totally clued in to like what this conservatorship was. Right. I thought it must be for her, you know, her well-being and mm -mm. Mm. no they break it down so well if you don't know what we're talking about it's uh it's on hulu now but it's the new york times presents oh the new york times it's the new york times oh i trust them yeah it's like they have all the sources they break it down basically like how she got to where she was wow also, she's been under that conservatorship since she was 26. Oh, she's like 40 now, right? She's 39. Yeah. Whoa. And that was in 2008. How many tours she's done? How many albums she's put out? She yeah. had a whole Vegas residency. And she's supposed to be so mentally incapacitated that she can't operate a cell phone. <sighs> that's what the, like, that's what a conservatorship is for. For somebody who well, has Well, Amanda Bynes no, had one, right? I Probably. Yeah. And that would make sense at the time yeah. for her. But it's like, wow, do I think Miss Brittany Jean probably needs a team of some mental health professionals? Yes. I would too. <laughs> it shows. I'm like, oh my God, I, as you're watching it. And yeah. The way that the media, like. Attacked her, yeah. Literally attacked w within inches of her face everywhere she went. Yeah. I would ha I would never recover from that, like, ever. But they changed her conservatorship into something called a hybrid business model, which has never been done before. And it should never, it should not have happened. It should be illegal. Whoa. Okay. Well, I need to educate myself <sighs> yes, clearly on what's going on. I'm like I will sweating. <laughs> You're very passionate about I'm so passionate because I'm like, this woman is, <gasps> is trapped. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Also, one more thing and then we'll get into the episode. But I just can't stop thinking about the fact that Brittany pays for everything. Yeah. Right? She pays for her lawyer. Her dad is the person that yeah. is the overseer. I thought Jamie Lynn now was in charge of her. No. Oh, okay. His name is Jamie Spears. So oh. that might be where you're confused. When they first started the conservatorship, mm -hmm. she said, I, the only request I have is that my dad is not the conservator. Oh. And he's the one that chooses her lawyers, her doctors, her. So of course she's never going to get out of it if the opposing side is choosing the lawyers. Yeah. Oh, poor thing. I know. Okay. It's well, messed up. We're so. going to get into it. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes if you want to watch and, and see what Natalie's talking about. Yeah. But I am. <laughs> I'm heated. Take a sip. I'm of taking a sip because I'm a just a devastated. Take a sip of your wine. 
And let's, we're going to transition into our episode, which is navigating adult friendships. Um, and Nat, do you want to say why we chose the topic? Yeah. Well, we just, we kind of, we kind of went into it, but yeah. yeah, we noticed as we've been getting older and navigating adult friendships ourselves that a lot of people we've been talking to, a lot of our friends are trying to figure out, um, Mm -hmm. how to kind of go about this. Cause you collect so many friendships throughout your lives, right? You, You know, you have your childhood friends, like elementary school, high school friends, college friends, family friends even yeah while some of them stand the test of time and fulfill us some of them don't yes and being in that spot is real tricky it's real tricky, real tricky. and we've had to navigate it ourselves mm-hmm. and yet, like you said we we know a lot of people who are also trying to navigate it and we just wanted to break it down for you guys and if you have a friendship that you're not so sure about or it's not fulfilling you mm-hmm. this is the episode for you this so is for you first we're going to get into which i found very interesting in our research because you know we re- we we research we do the work so what was really interesting to me is the types of friends that you have in your adult life so this is from joffrey is it joffrey or jeffrey i think it's jeffrey oh well there's a restaurant in malibu called joffrey's joffrey's that's spelled like that okay <laughs> well it's <laughs> really could be either who knows it's jeffrey l grief interesting name um talks about in his book the buddy system there's these four types of friends that we have in adulthood and so okay the first type of friend is a must friend so it's like a best buddy you know like a member of your inner circle like the closest of relationships i would say mm-hmm. not you're definitely or a, a must, must. <laughs> must. We're, we're in a must situation. what if i was like you're not a must for me <laughs> So Natalie would be a must friend for me. And like something happens like, you know, a birth, a death, a winning the lotto, breakup, whatever. These are the people that you call like mm-hmm. first, absolutely first. These are your besties. Your besties. So the next type is called a trust friend. Explain. So, I know. So they demonstrate kind of a level of integrity that you can trust confiding in them. Um, you're always really happy to see them. And maybe you wish that you were closer than you are, but you're not, they're not musts mm-hmm. fully in your life, but you trust them. And you yeah. could rely on them if you needed to. Okay, got Which it. Which I feel like, it's kind of like, you know, there's like an inner circle and then there's like that. There's like that kind of, yeah, I know right exactly. Around, the ring mm-hmm. right around. Mm-hmm. And then this was really cool. The third type of friend is called a rust friend. Oh. And I thought that was like a bad thing or something. So you're probably not going to get any closer to that friend unless something changes, but they're still a part of your life. I have mm. like a childhood best friend from preschool. I would call her a rest friend. Like we're never going to get that much closer. Uh She's always going to be in my life, but like, you know, I don't see her often. I'm not going to call her, you know, for a breakup or anything. Right. I think of that too. Like, old family friends that you like you love them so much but you you just you don't talk yeah, really you just like you, know? you never really it, unless you like really are like okay we're gonna be roommates or we're gonna right, do something like right it's never it's really like social media it's like you have them on your you see them on your instagram but you don't like call so, them up and chat yeah um okay and the last type of friend is called a just friend. So this is a person that you see maybe at your kid's school. I I would say at parties for me, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of these type of people who are enjoyable in company, but you have no desire to socialize (laughs) with outside of like that context. Right. They're more like an acquaintance. Yeah. Kind of like an acquaintance or like, I I don't know. I feel like at USC, there were so many people that I would go go to parties with, but I like, I didn't. Right. I I could not hold a conversation with you outside of like having a drink. It's like situational. It's very situational. 
situational mm-hmm. for sure. You're friendly. And I think it's really important that we know these categories because what is really helpful is that it helps us set expectations for these people mm. in our lives. So the majority of our disappointment occurs when we expect someone like a rust friend to show up for like a major life event that you would mm. expect a must friend mm-hmm. to. And so I feel like for me sometimes, like I'll be upset if someone like forgets my birthday or something, but like, again, maybe they're a Russ friend. Like we're not really in each other's right, circles. Right. Natalie, if you forget my birthday, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I would be dead. Honestly, <laughs> I'm going to be upset. You're a must friend. Yeah. I have that expectation <laughs> for you, but you know, just friends, rest friends, you know, they don't have to show up in the same way. <laughs> yeah. So something that I say all the time is in regards to friendships and just in regards to like life. Okay. So here's how these types of friendships change over time. And like I say all the time, you either grow together or you grow apart. Mm -hmm. So in childhood, you know, you start getting all your friends that you play with on the playground, you you go to school with them, then you get to adolescence and there's more self-disclosure and support between friends. But you know, you're still kind of discovering your identity and learning and what it means to be intimate with, you know, your friendships and with relationships. And then you kind of get to young adulthood and these friendships become more complex and meaningful. People usually are a little more secure in themselves and they're more more likely to seek out friends who share their values on important things and then let little things go. Yeah. You know, it's like once you're in high school, college, I think it's easier to sort of like let little things go. Whereas like middle school sometimes. I I remember one time a girl in middle school got in a full blown fight with me because I ate the last pot sticker. Oh, very odd. (laughs) But, you know, things like that. Yeah. Things like that. But I, I would also even say, like, arguably, like, I don't have that many friends from high school. Like, because as you get to know yourself more, you become more selective in the people around yes. you. And so, like, my high school friends, some of them were indicative of the person I was or my true self. But a lot of it was, like, social pressures and stuff. And yeah. then when I went to college, I really got to be selective about the people that I was with. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was just a plethora of of individuals. And so I feel like I found a really solid group. But even now in this next phase of like, I'm out of college, who am I going to have, who am I going to spend the energy to make friendships with? Right. Like I've, I've only really made like two, a few adult friends, but they're really close, meaningful relationships. Yeah. You know what I mean? You get to be a lot more selective. Yeah. And so it's just so funny how these things change. And like once career motivations and adult responsibilities come into the picture, it's really only natural for the number of must friends to kind of peter out, mm. which I've actually found really disappointing and kind of sad, but mm-hmm. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the ideal of people's expectations for friendship is always kind of in tension with the reality of their lives. Like I don't actually have the time like I did in college to spend 24 hours with my friends. You know what I mean? Right. And also it's like while you're in school and stuff, it's very easy and natural to make to make friends and new friends. And as you get older, that tide kind of changes. And like you said, they might be fewer. You might make yeah. fewer kind of adult friends, but typically they they're much more based in choice. Yeah. Whereas sometimes in college, even it's like they're your dorm mate yeah, or yeah. like, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So. Actually, something I found really interesting when we were doing our research was that according to William Rawlings, the stalker professor of interpersonal communication at Ohio University, the largest dropout in friends in the life course occurs when people get married. Makes 100% sense. Yeah. And that's also kind of like our age. 
Yeah, we're in that <laughs> we're know? in that weird age. I have maybe like twenty percent of my friends are married. Yeah, or they're like starting to get engaged, mm-hmm. and then other people are. You know, it's kind of all over the map. But it makes so much sense that that would be when it kind of drops off. But if you were to do a quick tally of your existing friends as an adult, Mm -hmm. it probably would not come as too much of a surprise that the majority of the must and trust friends come from your workplace. Yeah, it's like, it's so much about like your priorities, like your career motivations, your priorities, but then also like who you have the time to spend time with. Who you're around. And here's a fun fact, the MySpace top eight, Mm. that was based on a real like study that you kind of are the top eight people you spend your time with. Yeah, your reflection of them. Yes. So like the people that you're around the most, like they become your friends, they become kind of who you are. You know what I mean? So that's why you want to be selective of your top eight. Yes. (laughs) You are who you, who your company is. Exactly. So let's get into the, let's get into some how to's here. Let's get into the, the, setting, the setting the boundaries because boundaries are something that I think is a buzzword that people get scared of because it sounds like, oh my God, people are going to like cut me out of their lives. Yeah, it sounds like me and yeah. Yes, but really it's not. You set boundaries with somebody not to push them away, but actually to prolong your friendship. Yeah, which was a hard lesson for me to learn for yes, sure. Yes, it's tough. Oh, so, so now how do I know when to set boundaries. Okay. It's hard. It's hard. But here's the thing. If your friendship is based in gossip or negativity that you no longer want to engage with, which is a very common thing when you get older, it's like, I don't want to talk about this high school thing. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, Or you feel drained after interacting with them. You don't look forward to hanging out with them. uh, Or you feel like they violate your space with constant calls or texts that are also based in negativity and Uh. gossip. It's like, it's time to set some boundaries. Yeah. And I think it's also, we're at this age where it's like some friends that you've had forever, mm-hmm. they're going to come at you with conversations that maybe maybe a few years ago you aligned with, but now it's like, uh, the, yeah. we're not here anymore. Out, it's outgrowing, outgrowing. Too. Exactly. Yeah. You grow mm-hmm. together or you grow apart. When you're in that space, that's when it's a good time to kind of start establishing some stronger boundaries. Yeah. Also, as we grow older, our lives start to look a lot different. Like you mentioned with the, with the marriage thing yeah so like you might be in one place so for example maybe you're a single mom and your friend might be like in grad school still Mm -hmm. you know same age same upbringing been friends forever two completely different areas Mm -hmm. of life and the expectations for that friendship would obviously be changing as well and boundaries would need to be reestablished in that sense too like you know let's say you're the single mom and and your friend in grad school is texting you every weekend like hey do you want to go do this do you want to see this or that then you need to speak up and establish your own needs and where you're at. Exactly. Um, so I think it's important to know like what boundaries you set, right? Like mm-hmm. what are what are the boundaries you set? And I think the first one that we both think is so, so important and we both, I think, champion for a lot is how you guys respect each other's time. Mm-hmm. Like, are they always late? Do they cancel last minute? Like you can set a boundary about how you'd like your time respected, right? which is hard to do because you have to kind of stand up for yourself. But I think it's so important because we, we know we always have friends that are, are late or, you know, flaky. Yeah. 
And that's another part of growing up is like you don't have the same type of time that you did. Right. You need, you know, if you make a plan with somebody, you want that time to be respected, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, another important boundary to set is how reciprocal you guys are. And this mm. is something actually I experience a lot, but if you have a friend who only reaches out when they need something, when mm. they want something, when they want to be connected to something from you, um, you can tell them, you know, I love you, but you only reach out to me when you need something and that doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. I'd love to spend time, you know, catching up over coffee. I'd love, yeah. like, tell them how you'd like the time to be spent mm-hmm. as opposed to them just bombarding you with an ask or a need or whatever. Right. Because if it's like a one-way friendship, that's another thing where you might be like, hmm, this yeah. is, I don't know about this. Yeah. But also, I mean, as long as you establish the boundary, if that is the type of relationship you had, I mean, you guys both know it. Yep. Then you can you proceed. Want. But if it doesn't feel good, you have to kind of speak up. Yeah. Another boundary to set is what you guys talk about. Mm. Um, you don't have to talk about everything with everyone. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed my my roommate. She was like very selective about what she wanted to talk about. And she would be like, you know what? I actually don't want to talk about, you know, this ex-boyfriend right now. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, great. Thank you for telling yes. me. Would, you know, can yeah. respect that. Perfect. But you, yeah, so you don't have to talk about anything that doesn't make you feel good. You can stand up and say, hey, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Another boundary to set would be an emotional well-being boundary. So one of the main boundaries people must uphold within a friendship is keeping their emotions and their well-being separate from that of their friends. Mm -hmm. So once our emotional state begins to rely on our friend's emotional state, we got a problem here. It's like really putting your shit on somebody else to fix, to to handle, and you have to clarify separation between church and state. Right, right. (laughs) Yes, and that's also different than like reaching out to a friend yeah like, but it's like you can i mean if you're listening to this i think you can probably you'll know you know there's a pattern <laughs> you know if there's like a pattern within a relationship yes and the last boundary I and mean, there's so many boundaries but the one that we think is important is whether you're able to say no so being a friend doesn't mean you have to say yes to everything mm-hmm. so if you say no like so if you say no and there's like guilt or emotional manipulation coming from them, their side that's a big red flag. Red, huge red flag. Giant banner. Okay. <laughs> Emotional manipulation? No. No. That's where I draw the line. And so that brings us into our next little tougher, a little toughy tough. A little toughy tough, tough. Which is breaking up with friends. And how do you know if you need to? Ugh. You know? Because yeah. sometimes... Even if you might be hearing those boundaries that Corinne just mentioned, and you might be like, oh, I have a friend that violates every single one of those. But you're not sure. Do we break up? Mm-hmm. Do we set bound? What do we do? What do we do? How do, do we, we know? What do we do here? Well, you can ask yourself if your friend is leaving you feeling upset or angry each time you meet her. That's from a clinical psychologist and relationship expert, Dr. Seema Hingoriani. Hingarani? Hingarani. I'm going to say Hingarani. And then she says, if the answer is a roaring yes, start the exit process by slowly distancing yourself. Yeah. I think that's also always good too, because especially if you've been friends with somebody for a long time, you don't want to just be like, sayonara, see you later. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it's not right, you know, but I think a slow distancing and kind of testing the waters is good. Some other questions to consider. Actually, Colleen Bordeaux, she was episode 21. Yes. Corinne just looked at me. 
me <laughs> with this look because I always you said Colleen. I always say it wrong. <laughs> she just looked at me like, "Don't say it wrong." Um, but she said in that episode, and I really loved it. She said, oh, "Ask yourself if you're a net positive in the lives of those around you." So I think we should kind of flip that onto look at your friend group mm-hmm. and think, okay, you know, no friendship is perfect, right? right. You might have a couple little things with one friend here or there, whatever, but are they an overall positive Mm. in your life? And if they're not, that's why, why have a friend that doesn't like enrich your life? You know, Mm -hmm. the other thing that's a good question to actually ask your other friends and loved ones is what do they think of that person? Mm. And I know from experience, I had a friend that I had to break up with. And when we did break up, a lot of my other friends and family were like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, we were kind of waiting for that. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. You know, I think you, you remove yourself from it and you kind of don't yeah. recognize it. And so, lean on people that you trust. Yes. People that you fully trust and they would give you their, the truth. I think it's, it's literally like a, like a relationship, like, like a, a boyfriend. Yes. And to be honest, and my therapist told me this because this quote unquote breakup I had with my friend devastated me, Mm -hmm. fully devastated me. And she said, you know what? There's so many women that go through this and it's often harder Mm -hmm. than like a a romantic relationship because also there's usually like so much childhood history. Well, there's some, I feel like there's a lot more entanglement too, like friend groups, friend. Oh yeah. You know, like that's so layered. Yeah. There it's definitely really entangled. Yeah. The other couple questions to ask yourself are what would you be gaining by keeping this friendship around? Mm. Are you afraid to let them go because you're worried they'll talk badly about you to other mutual friends? That's a big one. And that's that same thing where it's like, you're very much entangled yeah. where you have other friends and you don't want to be ostracized from the group and mm-hmm. how is this going to work out? And my tip for that is just always make sure your side of the street's clean. Don't talk shit about them behind their back. Don't, you know, if they want to say that about you, that's on, on them. them. Yeah, You keep your side clean and 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 respectful because that's the whole thing about friendships in adulthood is being respectful. And you know, what I also think is important is that before you kind of go into this breakup and is to really build up, not by talking shit behind someone's back, yeah. but building up your friendships with other friends so that you have a support system to lean on. If you're really dependent on this person, you have a very toxic codependent relationship. If you remove yourself from that, like you're going to be, you know, like, mm-hmm an infant baby with, you know, no one to help you. And yeah. I think starting to think about who are the positive people in my life, who are people I feel good around. Those net Let me positives. start hanging around them more. Let me yeah. start, you know, before I fully let go of this thing, let me just kind of beef up support systems for myself. Mm-hmm. Another way to start to kind of distance yourself from this person is you don't have to be available all the time. You don't have to text back immediately or feel responsible for them. Like no healthy relationship is going to ask that from yeah. you. So just start you know, not texting back so frequently, not picking up every single one of their calls and just starting to create that distance. Yes. Because that's also a sign of an unhealthy, if you're like, Oh, I have to answer them right now, or this is going to happen or that, or they're going to be emotionally manipulative, like red flag. Um, another thing that we've heard and experienced is that the notion of, I don't want 
this person in my life, but I also don't want them to like hate me. I don't want them to be mad at me, but I don't want them around. It's a tough one. But like, think about that statement. I don't want them in my life, but I don't want them. But then I care (laughs) about what they think. Yeah. You know, it's tough. It's like, you have to respect yourself a little bit. Yes, And exactly. be like, if I don't want them in my life, then it shouldn't matter what they think. Exactly. And and you do get to a point. Yeah. Um, we actually have like several friends going through friendship, things yeah, like this. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to two actually last week. And I was telling them just also from experience, like there is that phase, um, there is that phase, but you do get to the point where you realize it's all good. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to have them in my life because you have built up your other friendships. You have these like strong, intentional, chosen friendships with the people that you love, you know? Yes, exactly. And I do want to say though, but before you go into this whole breakup thing, mm-hmm. it is possible to just take a break. Mm -hmm. It's actually something that I did and it was something that was really, really hard for me, but I was in a friendship that just felt like it needed a breather. Mm -hmm. It just needed some time. So before you have, you know, a talk where you you break up with this friend, you know, consider if you just need a dynamic change, you know, do you need a change in the frequency you see this person, the duration, the setting, maybe you you know, have a friend that you go out with and you just hate that they're a sloppy drunk and you have to take care of them, but you love them, you know, when you guys are, you know, going on a walk. Right, right. So it's like, okay, maybe I just don't see them I just, that way. We I don't just, go out. Right. Yeah, you just can kind of finagle, because I do want to respect you know, the time, the longevity of friendships. And Mm -hmm. I do believe that like, even if someone's going through a hard time, that doesn't mean you have to eliminate them from your life. Yes. Yes. We do not condone breaking up with friends just like, because they're having a moment. Right. No, no, no. But I do think it is safe to be like, Hey, in this way, at this time, this often, I can't see this person, but I can change it up to see if this works. I think that's something to consider before the breakup, right. the official breakup. And if you want to go on a break, I think back to those boundaries, you need to establish them and you need to establish them strongly. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you're just going to fall right back into the pattern of, of the friendship that doesn't feel good to you, mm-hmm. you know? And an example, you know, Corinne shared one, I had the opposite thing where I did a break with a friend. And when I kind of resumed, it was same shit, different day. Mm. It was like, oh, uh, it's okay. This is, you know, you can kind of decide after you do a break if it's worth continuing or if it's like, no, it's time to to put the kibosh It's time to have the talk. The talk. Which I do think... You need to set a day. If you've done it all and you just feel exhausted and there really isn't any more life to this friendship, mm-hmm. I think you you both have deserve have deserve the courtesy, the courtesy yeah. of having a talk. So setting a time and um, a day with them to let them know you want to talk. I feel like when people get bombarded with things, all you have is defense because they right. aren't prepared for it. Um, and so hopefully that if you give them a little bit of warning, they can do a little self-reflection if they're mm-hmm. a healthy person. Right. That's and the kind other of, thing. And kind of know what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, before before you kind of lay it all out. Yeah. And that is the other thing too, is like a lot of these things that we're saying, like setting boundaries, taking a break. You might be in a friendship that the person's not emotionally mature enough for any of that. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's a tough spot to be in. But this is all, you know, hoping that you have a healthy friendship that has an emotional maturity aspect to it. Yeah. And a great way to go about having this talk is to use I statements. Like, I feel 
used. I feel frustrated. Mm -hmm. I feel not heard. I feel not seen. Whatever it is, as opposed to, you know, saying you are using me, you are doing this. I feel like it's just your recipe for defense. Right. Right. But I think it's really important though, when you do share that to make sure that they don't invalidate what you're saying. If they're Mm -hmm. saying, if you're saying, I feel used and they're like, no, what are you talking about? That's not true. Like you really need to be like, this is what I feel. Mm -hmm. You don't have to agree, but I'm letting you know how I feel in the friendship. Right. And I think it's also important to give them an opportunity to weigh in on how they're feeling, asking them, how do you feel? Because I think also you need to pay attention that the the toxicity in the friendship isn't just your friend, right? Mm -hmm. You guys have developed an understanding, a codependency, a relationship that both of you have agreed upon. This is how things work for so long. And so this is going to, they're also going to be feeling a certain way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and in that same conversation, they might feel hurt, dismissed, angry, rejected. Yeah. Especially if you've been, if there's like a certain behavior that you don't agree with and you've been kind of enabling it or standing by them. If you're like, I'm done here, they're also going to feel some, some hurt, some rejection. I think it's, yeah. I think it's important to go in knowing that they're going to feel hurt. Yes. It's sad. And oh my God. It's the sad, it's literally the saddest thing it's, ever. It's so sad. And like, who knows how their sadness is going to manifest. It might be yeah. anger. It might be, you know, blowing you off. It might be calling you names, however, but if you go in knowing, okay, they're going to feel upset about this, then I think you will know, or at least expect how to kind of navigate that situation. And also I think back to what you said about having, um, like self-respect or you, you had said a word earlier, Mm -hmm. but basically like having the respect for yourself to, in the event that they do, maybe they come back at you and retaliate with like a really mean name Mm -hmm. or something to realize that that is a very much a them thing. Right. That that's doesn't, projection. that's not who mm-hmm. you are, you know, which is just, you know, it's hard, but it's really tough. Yeah. So what to do if you break up, so, how do you move on? Yeah. There's some, there's some cool things that you can do or ways to heal. I think it's really um, a nice way to kind of heal after losing someone really important in your life is mm-hmm. starting a new hobby to kind of fill that void of that time you guys spent together. Um, whether that's, I don't know, finally signing up for a pottery class or yeah oh, I want to take a pottery class I know I've been wanting to do that that's why I said that. <laughs> do you want to do one when this, when this uh panty is over? over totally um or you know whatever just being like okay this because that was a, a time of your week right spent yeah. with this person mm-hmm. like how are you gonna fill it um I think another thing is to like we said lean on the support of your other friends the positive ones hopefully you kind of have really thought about this decision and built up those strong positive friendships yes so that and it reinforces it's like oh no like this is how I should be this treated. This is how friendships are. Yeah. yeah, I think that that when you leave when you exit a toxic friendship, you kind of you kind of like start seeing things. The only thing I can think of is like when you first get glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh my god, leaves on trees, those exist." <laughs> um, you really start to see like, "Oh, friendship can just be a wonderful, beautiful, supportive thing." Yeah. I think also just giving yourself the grace to feel the loss. It's yeah, like you it have really to grieve. Is, it's like a death, really. Um even if you intentionally exited this particular friendship, it doesn't mean you wanted it to end or that you aren't going to be sad about it. And so I think you just need to allow yourself to grieve and process your emotions while also reminding yourself that you made the right choice for you. Yeah. You know what would be, it's a really good way to go about it is leading up to the breakup, 
journal how you're feeling because when you are grieving you romanticize the relationship and like I've done that with breakups with boyfriends you know if you're like oh man it was kind of good and then you look at your journal and it's like I can't fucking stand his (laughs) face you know what I mean you're like oh yeah I really did it because it's your mind kind of does something where it like yes you you only remember all the best parts yeah a hundred percent I think the other thing is especially with like and I think we're just noticing this in our and our particular friends that are going through things like this is when you have friends from like childhood Mm -hmm. you're not just grieving the loss of like the friendship you're also grieving like you don't see their family anymore they might so many layers so many layers so give yourself all the grace and number one hot tip coming from a (laughs) from somebody who's really gone through this therapy you gotta go to therapy you you got it's so helpful I like I have mentioned I grieved Mm -hmm. that loss of that friendship so heavily it was like there was one day I just laid on my couch like the whole day just sobbed with the help of the therapist that I have on my my team I was able to process and move on and in fact I can look back on that friendship as like a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. and I learned so many lessons but also just be like oh I'm I am chilling over here you know what I mean like you realize how much happier you are when you're very intentional with with your friends yeah whoa wowie kazowie take a sip of this take a sip of the the wine and and we hope you guys know more about the evolution of friendships in adulthood and how to set these boundaries in friendships and also how to break up with a toxic friend if you have Mm -hmm. one hopefully you don't but you know i think we all kind of experience at least one at least one in our adulthood to know if this hasn't if you know this hasn't really taught you much other than this is normal this is a very normal thing don't feel alone if you're like i've got a friend from fifth grade who i'm still friends (laughs) with but like it's really fucked up you know like it happens happens to everybody yeah so don't fret Yes. Okay, Natalie, now that we have talked about navigating adult friendships, let's circle back on the wine. Can you remind us what it is? Yes. It is the Saintsbury Chardonnay from Carneros, 2013. Oh, let's intro the hottie of the week. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. What are we doing? Do we know how to do the show? (laughs) I'm surprised we haven't had her on earlier. She set this the strongest boundary oh yeah yeah of all time that's why we chose her which is she was she was in a toxic relationship with the goddamn monarchy yeah she said a piece of bitches and she said peace the fuck out girl scouts i'm taking my husband with me we're going to goddamn montecito okay (laughs) megan markle it's megan markle who when she was a when she was a princess i was still a princess in my heart she is she is sorry she's still a princess I was so excited because, you know, she's a fellow mixed girl. And I you was like... You guys very look very similar. And I was like, is that me? Yes. <laughs> is that... You should play her I, in the movie. I, well, I wanted... They made a Lifetime movie about her. And I was like, why didn't I get the audition? You should have, honestly. So, yes. It's Meghan Markle who set an ultimate boundary. And what are we thinking this Chardonnay? One to Meghan Markle. So, it was real interesting because the first sip was like, ooh. And then it was like, very kombucha girl. You know, like that meme where she was like, <laughs> ooh. And then, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah, I drank it and I was like, oh, I kind of yeah, like it. I kind of, you know, it kind of grew on me. I kind of like it. I'm going to take another sip. I'll get, I don't hate it. Yeah, okay. I know. It. I don't hate it. I don't love it. <sighs> Megan is obviously. Yeah, a 100. A 100. I'm going to give it an eight. 
I was going to give it a seven. Okay. Seven, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Perfect. I'm good with that. I feel really strongly about that. I'll yeah. link this in the show notes if you guys want to try the Chardonnay. This is what it's Saintsbury Chardonnay. Swipe up to get yourself a bottle. <laughs> yes. Swipe up. <laughs> All right, this is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game, and today we're playing a new one. We got a new one. We're very excited about it. Also, if you ever have a game you want us to play, please email us. Yeah, please. We we struggle. We struggle with these games, but we got a new one. We got a new one. It's Fuck, Marry, Kill, which is a classic. Classic game. Absolutely classic. So I have one for Nat. Nat has one for me. Yes, I do. Um, Do you want me to go first, Nat? You go first, because she said this was going to be hard for me, so I'm curious. Okay, Natalie. Fuck, Mary kill. Okay. Margie's wine, <gasps> Diet Pepsi. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, this is hard. It's I hard. thought it was going to be three very attractive men. Oh no, no. But this is this is this is straight into my gut here. Whew. Okay. Margie's wine, wine Diet, Diet Pepsi. Pepsi. For those of you who don't know, Diet Pepsi is my number one vice. Yeah. I love a Diet Pepsi. I drink them when I'm sad. I drink them when I'm happy. But I have, I limit myself because, yeah. you know, chemical shitstorm. Okay. <laughs> I'm a fuck a, mar- a Margie. I knew that. A margarita. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Yeah. Wow. I know. All right. I'm going to marry Diet Pepsi. Oh, my God. Wow. You know why? Wow. Okay, yeah. Diet Pepsi has never once done me scandalous. Mm. Never once. Mm. I can rely on it Mm. always. I can find it anywhere. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. CVS, gas stations, middle of nowhere. I can locate a Diet Pepsi and soothe myself. Yeah. And feel refreshed. And and I need to also clarify, this is not Diet Coke. Right. Diet Pepsi. When I was writing it, I was like... it's Diet Pepsi that she loves. It's Pepsi. Um, so I'm going to marry it because it's reliable. Yeah. I can count on it, which means I have to kill wine, which is insane. Which seems insane, yeah. But it's my only option. <sighs> it was a tough one. That was a tough one. That was a great one. Okay. You're great at this game. Okay. Mine is um, friendship uh, oh, it's themed. Oh, okay. It's friend themed. Okay. It is Corinne and I's. Oh, it's, ooh, it's friendship themed on, on two levels because <gasps> this is Corinne and I's number one movie. We, this is our favorite movie oh, ever. Okay. It's super bad. It's super bad. So it's McLovin, Seth, or Evan. Oh, no. Oh, God. I okay. Know. Um, Seth, you don't want to kill any of them, obviously. I don't want to kill any of them. Okay. This is going to be really weird. This is the weirdest of them all. Okay. I'm going to obviously marry Evan. Obviously. I mean, it's um, Michael Sarah, And I'm also watching Arrested Development, and I love him. Yes. So I'm going to marry him. He's so stable, reliable. We'd have a great life together. I think I'm going to fuck McLovin. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Only because... He kind of has game. Well, he kind of has game in the movie. <laughs> he's, he's like, He's, he's the one him. who gets laid in the movie. <laughs> and you know what? He's kind of fun and quirky. It would be like a one-time thing, and I'd be like... And I would never regret it. I'd be like... Mm, He's you can so, say you did it. He's so sweet. And then Seth's kind of a dick in it. Seth is kind of a dick sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like I wouldn't enjoy that. I would regret it later. So I'm going to say kill Seth. It's wow. weird. It's weird. It's, it's weir- weird. Again, weird. But. Anyways, yeah. Again, this is from the movie Superbad. This is from the movie Superbad. Which came out in like 2006. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> but God, we love it. We love it so much. Well, All thank right. you for listening to this week's episode. If you guys bet or you want to choose a topic for us to do an episode on, please DM us. DM at us. Am I doing this right pod? Email, Email us. us. Email us. Am I doing this right pod at gmail.com. Also, our website, Am I doing this right pod? And facts. Please subscribe, rate, review, send to a friend that you're not trying to break up with. Yeah. <laughs> Rate and review us. It really helps us grow. And we will see you next week right here for another episode. Mm, Bye. Bye. Love you. Love you.